Welcome to the fittest podcast in Oakland, where your favorite coaches talk everything to help make you a better person inside and outside of the gym. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Fittest Podcast in Oakland. This week, Ben goes solo. Yeah, it's scary, I know. But he breaks down a little bit of the what and why behind strength balance testing. So now that we've kind of gotten through a few weeks of it, you'll understand, oh, this is what's going on with these tests. This is how they correlate. And you'll get some ideas on what's going on and what's going to happen in the future with these strength balance tests. All right, gang, sit back, listen up, and enjoy. Hello, hello, welcome back. I have some bad news, gang. Robin left me alone again. So we're going to take the fittest podcast in Oakland for a ride with the Benz, Rants, and Raves. Um, and we're talking what's going on with the strength balance testing. Ben, you've been making me do this for like a month. What's going on? So first, thank you all for the patience, all of that. Um, you might not know it, but I'm secretly collecting data on all this. <laughs> you might not know how, but I take notes on what people say in the gym. And then I take notes on what people do in the gym. So a lot of actions and words and thinking and looking at things. So if you feel like, well, I don't care. I'm not getting anything out of this. Don't worry. I am, and it's going to help you. So what have we been doing? Um, what you've probably seen us do is a lift and some strength test to it. So like we've done deadlift, back squat, front squat, front rack step up, strict pull up, dip, single arm press, single arm high pull, single arm overhead carry. Uh, we've also started some tension tests or endurance tests. We've done deadlift. Tomorrow comes front squat. Um, there's more coming next week with back squat and other things. The biggest thing I'll tell you right now that I'm seeing is you guys are doing the work. So good job. Uh, the second biggest thing is I keep seeing a lot of fear and worry about the word test. And I want to remind everybody in the gym, the word test kind of means nothing. <laughs> To be honest, um, it, every day is a test. So it means nothing and everything at the same time. You know, I hate to break it to everybody, but none of this matters. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, it's reps and sets. Are you doing the work? Are you doing the things outside of the gym? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you creating the healthy habits? Like, what we test doesn't really matter. Unless it matters immensely to you, and then it's fantastic. But in general, if whatever we're doing in the gym is leading towards your goals, then we're doing a great job. We don't need to worry about it. If you're like, Ben, I'm frustrated. I'm struggling. I'm, you know, plateauing and this and that, then great. These tests find the answers. So that's why we've been doing it. As we said in the very first podcast, this is all about plugging the holes in the boat and figuring out where the holes in the boat are. So if I can't figure out where the holes in the boat are, I can't plug them. 
So that's why we're testing is going, oh, wait, I thought I was working on this really, really well. Or, oh, no, I was not working on that really, really well. So I want to kind of walk us through some ideas and things on, you know, what we're doing and why we're doing it and all that. So first, um, why the difference between the strength test and the tension endurance tests? So the strength tests, again, are where we found a load for about five reps and then took it for max reps. So what that's trying to show us is how strong are you with a load? Um, and the reason we didn't do a one rep max is because that one rep max can fluctuate 20%, give or take, plus or minus, 15%, give or take, plus or minus. And to be honest, I don't trust you all. <laughs> I don't trust you all to prioritize the gym over everything else and take care of everything else so that you perform amazingly in the gym. I hate to break it to you, none of you are professional athletes. I think you all knew that. But just in case, none of you are professional athletes. So you're not going to prioritize the gym like that. That's fine. You prioritizing showing up in the gym is far more important than that. So that's why we didn't do one rep maxes. If we were looking to do that, if we were training like that, we'd far more appear to be like Olympic athletes where we're training for a long period of time for one opportunity, one moment, you know, 100 meter sprinter, 10 seconds, <laughs> 10 seconds, four years of training for 10 seconds. <laughs> some some of some of them even faster um and you think about that and you go oh wow you know you you name the you name the test um shot putters it's even less um gymnastics routines i think they run about two to three minutes on the floor like okay um speed skating something crazy like that under a minute you know okay fine we'll go long marathoners two hours two and a half like whoa! for four years you get two and a half hours okay um, and you're judged against the whole entire world. Yeah. Okay. Just imagine waking up that day and having a cough for no reason. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's why we did rep maxes. It kind of shows me more detail. It also, from what I found, helped people understand, oh, this is what actual struggle feels like. Because I saw it in two ways. One, I saw people struggle, fail, and hit walls where they were like, oh my God. I never thought I could do one more rep. And Ben told me to do three more reps. And I did three more reps. Then I did four more reps. Then I did five more reps. And all of a sudden they did 12. And they thought they could only do it for five. And that's that's the cool thing. It's like, okay, I don't care if we ever retest this movement for you. But now you know the difference between this is where heavy or I'm on the edge here and where I think I'm on the edge there. If I just taught you that, you could end this podcast right now. If everybody understood that, we go forward with better training because that would allow you to scale up and down in a day. When you come in feeling like crap and you're like, oh man, I've been sick for a week. I don't feel good. The kids are pissing me off, all of that. You could then put that in place. You could honestly go, oh yeah, this is the feeling I need to work towards today. And that feeling is going to come a whole heck of a lot quicker. Or you might be like, Ben, I don't know. I don't feel good today. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I'm going to shut my brain off and just go to work. I've done it. I've seen other people do it. I've seen people come in and go, Ben, I need to shut my brain off and move. And it's fascinating because the stronger minded folks can do that and they do it really, really, really well. So that's where I want you to understand. Also, it was fascinating to watch people freak out and go, oh my God, I can't do this. And two reps in, put it down when they didn't need to. It also helped me see where people are accommodating in their training. 
So say, you know, they have this big, massive deadlift, but they can't do a pull-up. They have this big back squat, but they can't carry something overhead. It's like, ah, maybe we're showing up on the wrong days. Maybe our cherry picking is finally catching up to us. Or maybe we're not showing up enough. Um, I'll talk about that when we get into the endurance testing a little bit too. So I want you all to understand like that's that's why we're checking these things and looking at these boxes. So let me start to break down kind of what what we're looking for. Oh, let me go back here. So that's why we strength test. See where you are strong, where you're not strong, and how they compare together. I'll talk percentages and comparisons on that in a moment. And then why do we endurance test or tension test? Because if you hadn't noticed, you usually don't do something in life for like one or two reps. You do it for a lot of reps throughout the day. Like you sit down, stand up, how many times? You push, pull, how many times? You tie your shoes, how many times? You know, like you bend over, you pick something up off the ground, how many times? Like we all do something a lot of times throughout the day. So the better we are figuring out our endurance and our tension and things like that, the better we are doing this. Also, when we think about capacity, the greater our capacity is, the better we're going to be at doing things in life. So that's where I'm checking in. So, my, so some of you might go, well, what does that mean, Ben? It's, it's actually pretty easy. One, could you do the reps in, could you do the 20 in under a minute or under 90 seconds? You know, if you couldn't, that immediately tells me, huh, we might be missing capacity there. In, in relation to that movement, in relation to that movement pattern. So now I'm watching and going, hmm, so-and-so can't do that 20 rep squat like that. So what's happening when they go in wall ball? What's happening when they go in box jump? What's happening when they go and run? Now I'm like, ah, this is why they have that problem. Or maybe you crush the movement pattern. You're like, huh, Ben, I did 20 in 50 seconds but you couldn't calm your breathing down at all. And I go, ah. So every time we do a workout, they're not breathing. <laughs> so they spike their heart rate, crash, burn, and fall apart. Or maybe they go, I don't feel comfortable spiking my heart rate and don't know how to control it. That's what's interesting. Um, if you watch the best in the world who fitness, the best in the world who train, you name it, the best in the world. They work better at a high heart rate. So not only am I saying like, oh, they can create a higher heart rate. I'm also saying when they get to the point where they feel like their heart's exploding, they're still working hard. We all do this. Um, Mothers, you've probably done this, you know, thousands of times when your kids are screaming, you're tired, don't know what to do for food. And somehow you make amazing meals so that they eat and shut up. (laughs) No, never mind. All your kids are anxious. But you get my point. Like, fathers, you do it too. Like, mom's out of town. You got to pick up the slack. Boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden, you're a rock star, even though maybe you're slacking other times. You know, we do it at work. Boss says, hey, here's your 10 things. Um, Good luck. And then they turn around the next day and give you five more. Fuck, what happened? Excuse my French, but you get my point. Um, So immediately I go, okay. That's where I got to check in. Got to work on that stuff. So think about that. Think about what you're doing with those types of things. Um, So why do those matter? Why do you want to compare those against one another? So basically I'm looking at how big of a base of a triangle you're creating and how tall of that base of the triangle or triangle you're creating. 
So what we really want is that nice, pretty isosceles triangle. Basically, the base is as long or as flat or as wide as the two upright structures that create 60 degree angles. Yes, I'm quoting geometry here. And yes, I did remember it. So I can teach your seventh grader how to geometry still. Um, but please, no tutoring. So we create that angles. And now we work from there. So that would be the nice, beautiful triangle. Most of us do not fit in that. Hate to break it to you. Hate to tell you that. Most of us fit in one of two triangles. Um, either a really wide or a really tall, narrow triangle. And it also depends on what movement we're talking about. Some movements, oof, oh boy. We might have a really wide, short triangle. Other movements, we might have a really tall, thin triangle. Um, one example of that would be my pull-ups. I cannot perform consistently 20 repetitions of strict pull-ups in a minute. I come close. I probably come close to the 90 seconds, 20 reps. I'll probably come close. Now notice we didn't test that, but I could probably come close. So you go, oh. Now the funny thing is when you look at my body weight and you start thinking about it, you're like, oh wow, hold on a minute. <laughs> That's a lot of load for Ben. Um, where my, my base and my triangle of pulling is like really high. I'm like, okay, really, really good. But then the problem there is my endurance with those movements, or if you ever watch me work out, falls off the map fast. So in correlation to my current body weight, I need to improve my strength endurance. So I do that one of two ways. I get stronger and better at hanging on the bar and pulling, or I consistently lose body composition. So I drop my body composition such that my muscle mass stays there, but the extra tissue comes off. So that's a little bit tricky. It's not a weight loss. It's a fat loss. It's a whole different game. If you want to talk that with me, talk it offline. Um, because yeah, anyway, so we can start to look at that. Now, what that should mean to me is maybe I need a little more frequency here. And so for some folks, when they were like, Oh, Ben, I'm crushing the endurance test. I go, great. Go, really go heavy enough there? <laughs> so one, do you actually know where your one rep max is in that straight? Some people don't. So it's kind of interesting. Two, um, some people definitely need more strength work. So they need a more dedicated heavy squats, heavy this. But you have to understand when I say heavy this, heavy that, you actually have to go there. So this is going to sound tough and rude and in, uh, unpolite. I don't know. But I watch a lot of people tell me they're going there and they get off the pull-up bar, they get off the barbell, and they're smiling and laughing at me when they finish. I love smiling and laughing. We need it in the gym and we need it more in the gym, to be honest. So feel free to do it. But if you're going to tell me you did a heavy squat set, you're not smiling and laughing immediately after. You might, you might, a minute later you might be, but you need a moment. Like you would never look at me telling me you did max effort on the bike or the rower or running. And imagine running from a grizzly bear, like, and we safely get you away from it in a hundred yards you're not going to be smiling and laughing at that point. You're going to be like, holy cow, I just worked as hard as I possibly could. And now I need to sit down and take a break. And that's what I'm talking about. Like we've got 
to some days get there. And you're going to be like, man, some days I just can't go there. That's okay. And that's fine. But some days I think a lot of us can go there and we don't realize it. So so push a little bit there. It, it's okay. Um, there are days, yeah, it's not okay. It doesn't feel good. Like I had a tough day in the gym this morning. But guess what? I found a weight that still felt very, very uncomfortable and still worked my buns off. Um, most literally because they were tempo Romanian deadlifts. And I was fine. So I think that's the other thing people need to realize is like, you got to do the work sometimes. And sometimes that means you get really uncomfortable in the gym. That's why oftentimes people go, why do you keep telling me to go heavier? Because I'm looking at your face. I'm looking at your movement patterns. I'm looking at the speed at which you're moving. And I'm going, that's not uncomfortable yet. And that's why, because that will create the adaptation you want. And if you don't care, cool. I'm fine with that. Come in, move, and kind of be happy with where your progress goes. But also know that the coach's job is to push you there. And yes, we're empathetic, sympathetic to the point of reading, watching, and looking. But we we can guess it. We can know it. Tell me you're not very good at hiding it. <laughs> so you got to go there. And you got to go there in the right manners. So we'll talk that in another podcast. Um, now, on the other side of this, some of us did this endurance testing and we are a really thin, tall triangle. So we got a really high one rep max, but we were breathing out of control when we finished our 50%. Good. That means you need more sets of like eight to 12 reps, more of those. You need more general conditioning stuff. And that's coming. That's where we see our AMRAPs. That's where we see our longer EMOMs and stuff like that. It's there. We'll get you that hypertrophy. Don't worry. Keep showing up on those days. But that also reminds me that the other side of that is, are you showing up enough days in the week? Um, a lot of us had a really good endurance test in comparison to our max strength test and things like that. And what I'll remind you folks of is most likely that means you're getting a lot of extra endurance work outside of the gym, but you're not getting enough strength work in the gym. You might go, well, Ben, you need to program more strength work. And I'll look at you and go, how many days are you coming? If you're coming one to two days a week and wanting to get stronger, I hate to break it to you. It's going to be really, really hard. Because either you're going to have to do more work at home or staying after class to get that work done, or you're going to have to find a way outside of the gym to do that. And it's really hard. Doesn't mean it can't happen. Doesn't mean it won't happen over a longer period of time. But that's quite honestly, I'm like, that's when you got to show up more because it's more reps and sets. It's more general volume. It's more of that. Now, you might go, Ben, that's really hard to do. I don't recover. Okay, cool. Let's be patient. We'll keep the timeline long. We'll keep working on it. But that's what I always remind people of is frequency of training matters. So the more consistent you are with the training, the better you're going to feel in the gym, the better you're going to progress. So if you're a onesie, twosie person a week, think about that, especially if you got more opportunities, more classes. I get it. Some people got to do this stuff at home, make it work. Cool. There's ways to do that too. Talk to me. I can help you. Talk and check in with your coach. Also figure out where the hole is. Like, I'm going to give an example later about a client. Their deadlift was X amount of their body weight. And they don't have a strict pull-up. And by X amount of their body weight, it's like one or two times their body weight. And they don't have a strict pull-up. I go, well, no wonder your deadlift's not getting stronger. You can't hold your own body weight and pull it. So we go to hold a barbell that's heavier than your body weight. Fire your lats. It's not going to happen. So that's where, like, 
honestly, we got to find those holes and shore those holes. So um, kind of think about those types of things when you're looking at how you compare strength test to endurance test. Now, I'm going to dive into what the heck do these ratios compare and why do we need them or what are they doing? So a couple of things here as I pull open my notes and look at stuff. Um, let me find my numbers here. So then why did you make me do a back squat and a, um, and a deadlift and all of this? So the reason we made you do those is I'm looking how your hinge compares to your squat. Your right leg compares to your left leg. How your front rack compares to your back rack and all of that fun stuff. And, and so with that, I can start to look at where we might want to change things. Um, so first, if I can find my stinking numbers here. Sorry, bear with me. So first, I guess I'll start with that. So first thing we want to look at is... Um, there it is. Is my deadlift is my 100%. So say I took my deadlift for 200 pounds, five reps. We'll just go five reps at 200 pounds. Great. 80% of that, so 280, that's 160. I should be able to back squat that for five reps. Okay. 68% of that, I should be able to front squat. So from the deadlift, 68%, I should be able to front squat. 85% of my back squat. So if you're thinking, okay, Ben, what the heck is 68% of 200? 68% of 200, you go 20, 20. 20, that's 30%. So that gets you to 140. You take 2%, which gets you to 4. 140 minus 4, 136. So if you can deadlift 200 pounds for 5 reps, back squat it for 165 pounds for 5 reps, and front squat it for 136 pounds for 5 reps, you're a really good balance there. Now the fun begins. Can you... Um, front rack step up 33% of that deadlift. So 200 pounds, 33%, give or take, we're looking at about 70 pounds. I don't think a lot of us were there, to be honest. So if we're looking for holes to fill right away, we look at that. More so, can you take a one-legged deadlift and balance and do 45% of that deadlift? So think about that, that's 80, 90 pounds, no assistance, it gets really tough. So that's just the lower body. Um, the upper body, we're looking at strict pull-up. So I got 100% of my body weight. Dips, 100% of my body weight. So basically, every pull-up I can do, I better be able to do a dip. And for every dip I can do, I better be able to do a pull-up. I know some of you didn't do that well at that. I didn't either. So think about that. Think about, oh, wow, my pushing is way better than my pulling. That might be why my shoulder hurts. Wink, 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 nod, nod. Also might be why my pull-up's not happening yet. Also might be, oh, maybe if I keep working my dips, my pull-up will get stronger because my shoulder's more stable. Shh, don't tell anyone. Okay, next, then we look at my shoulder press. Can I shoulder press 75% of my body weight? <laughs> yeah, some of us are looking at that cookie on the table right now and going, I'm pushing that away. Next, one-arm press. Can you do 33% of your body weight? And for reps similar to your one-arm high pull. 
So 33% there. Um, and compared to your strict pull-ups and strict. So for like me, I did eight strict pull-ups. I better be able to high pull 80% of my body for for eight reps. You start doing math there. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so just think about that. And then overhead carry, 9% of your body weight. Get a whole bunch of interesting balances and things like that. So I'm going to take a little break right now. Come back with some more examples for you in the second half of this podcast. But I want you to digest that. Like, how does my deadlift compare to my back squat? How does my front squat compare to my one front rack step up? How does my strict pull up compare to my dip and all of those pieces parts? Because that's how we start to build that imbalance. And I'll give you some more examples of that in the second half of this podcast. So take a little break. I'm going to take a little break, get a water, coffee, whatever I need. And I'll come back and talk more about how those things start to compare and what we're going to do in the steps to come. See how we test from there. All right. Have fun, gang. I'll be back in a moment. Bye for now. Hello, 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 hello. Okay. Ben, back with part two, sort of. Actually, this is just a complete teaser because Robin had an even better idea. So we were going to do a quick like review of like strength balance testing and examples and things like that. And Robin... Give me an even better idea. She thought we should break this up, do a second podcast where we're going to do case studies and break down how to help things and fix things. So we're going to do that next week um, or whenever the next episode comes out on strength balance, case studies and examples and how to fix them. So stay tuned, pay attention. I do have a couple of corrections to what I recorded previously. I apologize about my geometry. I realized that we want equal lateral triangles, not isosceles triangles. So you can make fun of me if you see me in the gym and listen to this about my geometry skills. It's fair. I put my foot in my mouth. It happens. So um, pay attention to that. Also, I don't know. I, I, I paused there because I was thinking of something else, but nope. We'll cover it in the next uh, podcast. So thank you all. This is a little teaser cliffhanger. Hopefully I leave you on the edge of your seats. We will see you next week um, with case studies on why or how and when to solve strength balance problems. All right. Take care, gang, and enjoy.